Good morning. Happy uh, Happy Labor Day weekend. Getting uh, a little late getting this episode off today. I apologize. I, I woke up this morning and uh, Leo was just being so cuddly, my little son. He was just like, he wanted to read books and he was just, you know, and when your daddy, because let's be honest, the little babies, they, they, they tend towards mommy a little. So when he's having a daddy kind of morning, you know, when he wants to cuddle with daddy and read books with daddy and et cetera, et cetera, you know, you take advantage of that kind of stuff. And speaking of taking advantage, then my wife also takes advantage, you know, gives her a chance to take a shower sort of in peace, like a longer shower. Because we all know baby shower, you know, baby shower is maybe not the best way to put it, but you know, the shower you take when you're on duty with your child, it's about two minutes and 45 seconds long. <laughs> you forget what it was like to take a 15-minute shower. So I gave my wife the opportunity to take a 15-minute shower this morning, and uh, I enjoyed it. But anyway, but it, you know, consequences, the episode comes out a little late. But that being said, it's, look, it's Labor Day weekend. I wasn't going to do a real episode anyway. It's a mini-sode, if you will. We'll talk a little bit. I'll tell you what's coming up give you my opinions on a couple of things and uh and what we'll move to it i'm sitting in my backyard right now i live in the 12 corners neighborhood of brighton i am uh sitting here overlooking my garden which pretty much right after i post this podcast i'm going to come back down here and pick through my garden because today being sunday it is sunday sauce but a couple of times a year usually maybe two three times a year Instead of making sauce sauce the way I usually do, which is, you know, the long, slow, simmer all day, meatballs, sausage, everything you can imagine, a couple of times a year I'll do, um, you know, what what a lot of Italian people call quick sauce. Uh, See, a lot of people think the only way to make sauce is to, you know, do that long, slow, all day simmer, and that's a great way to make sauce. We all love making sauce that way, but you can also make a really quick, fresh tasting sauce that's just absolutely out of this world delicious, and it really helps if you have a garden, but you don't have to have a garden. I'm just lucky enough to have one. If you don't have a garden, you can hit up a farmer's market, you know, on a Sunday morning like today, there's the Brighton Farmer's Market or Rochester Public Market Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and just buy, you know, this this time of year, you get tomatoes in season. Just buy yourself a little thing of tomatoes all you do is you you cut them up a little bit maybe cut them into quarters put them in a hot skillet with some oil and some garlic kind of push that around a little bit high heat 15 20 minutes beat the tomatoes up they're going to break down on you throw a little salt in there handful of basil handful of parsley throw it right over some fresh pasta you're set you're set and so and actually what i just told you i just gave away a proprietary recipe that's actually the recipe for our uh summer sauce Everything I just told you is exactly how we make summer sauce. The one in the light blue label, which I think you can still find in some stores. But, it, and, and you know, the thing about it is it, it has a different flavor to it, that sauce. The uh, the quick sauce I'm describing, where you take those tomatoes and just hit them real fast. Just a different flavor to it. It's got a fresh sort of like, just a pop. You know, the, the garlic, the tomato, and the basil, all three of those just stand out front in that situation and just pew. You know, it's it's really good. It's different, really good, same vein, but but different. I'm looking at my garden, too. I see some nice peppers coming. I think we'll do some fried peppers with sauce today. Anyway, a um, couple of things. I look forward. Uh, yesterday, what a weekend, by the way. I love Labor Day weekend. It is honestly one of my favorite weekends of the year because September is my favorite month. But yesterday, my wife and I got a project done. 
that we had to because now we're under the gun. We got our uh, garage cleaned out finally and had to make room because my new car is supposed to come this week. If you missed the saga, I have a uh, Chevy Tahoe coming this week, but I had to wait for it. That's why I bought this car eight weeks ago and I've been waiting for it because I had a certain interior that I wanted. And, uh, of course, eight weeks was how long I was told I'd have to wait. And they weren't wrong, man. It's exactly eight weeks, and they told me it would be here middle of this week. So hopefully a week from now I'll be talking about my brand-new car. I am so excited. I have never owned a really nice car. And not that Tahoes are really nice. I mean, we're not talking about Porsche here, right? But it is a nice car. I mean, a Tahoe, and I got, you know, I got a Premier, which is like the the top-of-the-line Tahoe, and you know, it's it's going to be my first ever pretty nice car. We'll put it that way. So I'm excited. But we had to clean out our garage make room for it. It's huge. You know, we were measuring it and kind of comparing it to my wife's car. And we're like, damn, we don't have room in this garage for this thing unless we move some shit around. So that's what we did yesterday. Um, upcoming guests and then just some quick comments on the uh, happenings of the weekend, if I could. Upcoming guests. We're actually going to... I might still talk to Jeremy Newman, but I don't. I don't know what's going on. Jeremy, uh, it was very kind, and and told me he would he would do the podcast, and I believe him. I don't think he's, I don't think he's by any means dodging me. I just think he's busy. You know, every time I talk to him, he just says, "Look, I've buried myself in work. I'm very busy," uh, and so maybe he is dodging me. I I don't know. Uh, I I think there's a really good chance he's going to end up on the radio again pretty soon. And uh, maybe it just has to do with that. Maybe he's, you know, waiting to talk when he finally ends up back on the radio. But that being said, um, I don't know if the Jeremy Newman episode is going to happen anymore because, again, it's it's kind of kind of dodging me. That being said, a really interesting thing happened this week, and that is that uh, Chris Kanya, who I'm happy to call a friend, got the job as the morning man on the B, which, to be honest with you, I didn't even know they were hiring for that job. Well, I found out a couple weeks ago, I should say, that they were hiring from that job. But a lot of people contacted me because of something I said a few weeks ago on this podcast and assumed that I had been passed up for for that job. Two things people need to know. Number one, I do not have not and never wanted, applied for, or even knew that job existed. Not even for two seconds. You need to know that. I want you to know I didn't even know that job existed. And if it if I did know it existed, I had absolutely no interest in that job. People still, for some reason, think that I'm going to return to the radio. And I'm sitting here to tell you over and over, the offer that I would have to be made to return to the radio at this point is so unrealistic that I can tell you from the bottom of my heart that it is as close to impossible as impossible gets that there's any way that I'm going back to the radio anytime soon. Now, I do say never say never because, you know, I'm working my ass off right now doing what I'm doing with my business. And, you know, look, 10 years down the road, I don't know. Am I able to find myself in semi-retirement? Do I sell my business? You know, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe I'm going to have to work my ass off right until the day I retire. I don't know. But, you know, 10 years from now, when some of the players change around a little bit, uh, I yeah, I, I could see... It happening, but but you have to understand, we are talking about uh, years down the road, not you know an opportunity presents itself and I jump right at it. That ain't gonna happen. Um, 
But the thing that I mentioned on the podcast a few weeks ago that people have referenced, and when I say people, I don't want to exaggerate. Literally, I think three people have reached out to me and said, hey, you you said Entercom came to talk to you? Was, was that for the B job? It was not for the B job. Well, me, well, me, oh, no. Well, let's put it this way. They never mentioned the B job, ever. It never came up, ever, in our conversation. Uh, I will save the story, probably, for the episode that's coming up, because what I'm building up to tell you is that the new B Morning Man, Chris Kanye, will be my guest one week from today, next Sunday, on this podcast. And maybe I'll tell the story then as to, was I approached by Intercom? Yes. Was it for the B morning job? No. I'll explain what I was, I don't know if offered is the right word, but I'll explain what I was um, presented with, we'll put it that way, when I spoke uh, to Intercom a few weeks ago. Or I guess at this point it's probably well over a month ago, a month or two ago. So anyway, Kanye on the show next week. The week after that, I'm going to talk to Steph Hanna, Sip and Saver. i got to get that one scheduled, but I uh, love Steph. Love Sip and Saver. She's fantastic. We'll talk to her soon as well. Uh, last comment for today. John Swan and his sisters, Ashley and Paulina, are the classiest people. The classiest. These are, if you don't know, these are the owners of Vern's. Uh, Dorado, Daily Refresher, Swan Dive, and Oxenstone. And over the weekend during the Black Lives Matter protests, you already know the story. Some rogue protesters ended up on their patios, flipped some tables, threw some glasses and some plates around. And their statement the next day was so classy. It was, look, we stand with this movement. Sure, a couple jerks broke a couple plates, but we stand with this movement. And I just thought that was the most powerful thing ever. I just loved that. I loved knowing that I know these guys. I literally worked with John uh, just this week a little bit. We emailed back and forth about we're going to relaunch the Verns sauce. We did a collaboration with Verns right at the beginning of the pandemic that uh, didn't go anywhere just because of the pandemic, quite frankly. I mean, that, that sauce would have been in Wegmans. It would have uh, there was a newspaper reporter, Tracy Schumacher, told me she was planning on doing a story about that sauce, and it never happened because the pandemic took over everything. And uh, and I just want you to know, 100%, we're going to redo the Vern sauce, put it out again. It's un- it's an unfortunate collaboration that got kind of half-assed because, you know, their restaurants got shut down. My distribution switched from being, you know, a creative sort of, hey, see what you can come up with, Polly down to, hey, our grocery store shelves need stocked. Please just concentrate on your top three SKUs. SKUs, a.k.a. flavors, stock keeping units. Uh, That's the type of thing. That's what happens in retail when you get something like a pandemic. What I learned just in these last few months, I can't speak like an expert, is, you know, you'll take your entire line, and for us, we make like seven different sauces at any given time, and you narrow that down to the top three, and you just concentrate your production on those top three. Because at that point, it's a survival thing. It's no longer a how creative can you be thing. It's a survival thing. It's just a matter of pump it out and pump it out as fast as you can. And that's what we did. And so that's where that came to be was the um, the uh, the Verns thing just kind of got cast aside and uh, we're going to try and, you know, give it a little injection, bring it back a little bit here for the fall. So I believe September 25th, we're actually making that sauce. And 
hopefully make it at least for the rest of the year, you know, through the end of the year, at least. So looking forward to that. That'll be great. But their class in that statement was great because I could have seen being angry. I could see. And by the way, that's coming from somebody from me, somebody who is so with the protesters. I watched those protests last night. I'm sitting in my living room. And my wife and I have up on our smart TV, we've got the Facebook watch app and we're watching the channel 10 stream of the protest and I'm watching it and I'm loving it. I'm hearing the chants and the music and the messages that are being told and I'm loving it, loving it, loving every second of it. And I'm looking at this going, geez, you know, if I didn't have a wife and a kid and I would be there, I could see this being I was telling my wife, I go, I could have seen between the ages of 18 and 22, I would have 100% been right there marching along. But I don't know know if being old is a good enough excuse, but it's my excuse. I'm old. I have responsibilities. I've got a kid. I can't afford to be arrested. Can't afford to be shot in the face with a rubber bullet. Saw a bunch of people had that happen or a pepper spray bullet, whatever the hell they're shooting. Uh, It's look, it is, it is what it is. It's 99% 99% peaceful protesters, 1% douchebags trying to cause problems. And, uh, you know, the second you present a problem, even if 99 out of 100 of you are peaceful, the second the 1 out of 100 shows that they have even the slightest hint of violence in them, in their intentions, throwing fireworks or bottles or whatever, or pushing on barricades, you know, the police respond with force. And uh, I think... And I guess I could end the podcast on this. I think that's what the training tells them to do. That being said, I think that's what this whole debate is about. Is that the right thing for the training to be teaching? To meet those things with force? I don't know. I don't know if the police can be expected to stand there knowing that there are people launching commercial grade fireworks into them and not respond at all. I just don't know. But this this notion of we're going to push back and take back the city like one block at a time like the police were kind of practicing last night where they're pushing the protesters back and back block by block by block uh is really what i was seeing between like 10 p.m and 1 a.m or so until i fell asleep that that's that's those seem like war tactics and also when you're shooting rubber bullets it felt like they were shooting a lot throwing tear gas canisters. I mean, it just kind of felt like they were deploying a, um, an excessive amount of force as compared to what was necessary to get the message across that, look, we're armed and you're peaceful. Uh, but when you're not peaceful, we're going to shoot some pepper spray at you. And so stop throwing fireworks at us. I guess that's it for the podcast. We'll be better next week. I swear. Chris Kong. Thanks for listening.